Welcome to the Way We Capture podcast. This is a podcast that is dedicated to photography and aims to provide guidance and support to individuals looking to improve their photography skills. The podcast focuses on self-development and also discusses the future of technology and image processing. Through the podcast, listeners can learn about various techniques, tools, and resources to enhance their creativity and productivity. The podcast also explores the creative process behind capturing stunning photographs and how to effectively communicate through photography and storytelling. This week's guest, Alex Curious Texong Amaro. Alex is a great friend. He's a writer and music producer. Alex makes content for his InnoVisionary audience. These are creatives with a focus on education and inspiration. Let's dive into it. Welcome to the Way We Capture podcast. This is episode 22. I have a really special guest on today, a dear friend of mine. This is Alex Texon Gamero, also known as Curious. So in the intro, I introduced Alex and what he does, but let's hear it from his own words. So Alex, floor is yours. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Alex, and I'm a content creator that loves to make music. Um, I'm currently just exploring my creative endeavors and just trying to build a community of like-minded creatives, you know, people that have the same values. Uh, I think really my my main priority right now is just creating a new space within the independent artist community uh, because I think I might, I, I think a lot of, there's artists out there that maybe just don't align with the current values of the music industry, um, or at least that lifestyle. And so I just wanna bring a new perspective or a new space to the music, to the music industry. Absolutely. Uh, I think you're one of the few I see on X actually talking about music and writing. So mm -hmm. we'll dive deep into some of our questions. I've known Alex for quite a long time now. I think we first met back in September. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. something like that. It, it's been a while. I've watched him rebrand, and I still think that he is on the right path leading with curiosity because there's not a lot of musicians on X. Everybody's pursuing you know, content marketing. They're pursuing mm -hmm. ghostwriting, whatever it may be. But I just think it's phenomenal that creatives are still staying true to their nature. And by that metric, he's in it for the long haul. So we're going to dive deep into some of the questions that I have prepared and let's get into it. So Alex makes content for the InnoVisionary. Do you want to describe the InnoVisionary as that's now one of your, your new words that I've seen pop up and I love his vocabulary. <laughs> yeah. So um, these words just randomly pop up. Like I'll be in the shower, I'll be in a walk. Right. And I'll just quickly write it down. But I specifically remember this word, right? Because of innovation, obviously, yep. right? But then visionary has always been one of my favorite words because it really describes this idea of almost like seeing into the future and then bringing it into reality, right? Yep. And I think there's a lot of creatives that have that, but maybe it's just not something that's discussed, right? Simple example, yeah. I used to be a video editor, right? And I would already, like just seeing the footage, like I would already see the whole video in my head, right? Without the editing. And so I, I think there's creatives out there that, you know, resonate with that. 
same with music like i'll just hear a little bit and i already start to hear a composition in my head um and so that's to me that's what the idea of visionary is it's just this ability to have this very vivid vision and then being able to, to figure out how mm -hmm. can i in in how can i make this a reality right and then of course i'm big on innovation so i'm big on creativity but the thing is i would push it a little further to innovation because uh you do uh for innovation it does require creativity right yes. but it also brings in like this problem solving aspect as well right and so it's almost like a step further to creativity so that's why i went with innovation so that's what the word means right now yeah. with like the whole newsletter i'm just i called it rise of the innovisionaries because again i'm just trying to find those creatives that resonate with that and just build a community so because i'm big on like just community and collaborative projects so i think that that's really what the the purpose of of that newsletter is it's just to find those those creatives that do resonate and just um, build projects together you know and just have discussions i think that's important well i hope you build out some sort of community for these musicians it's really important that there is a space for not just entrepreneurs, not just photographers, videographers, video editors, musicians as well. And I, I know the music industry is definitely like one of the hardest industries to even get started in and be led in the right direction. But I think you're on the right path. So we'll dive, or, we'll, we'll dive a little deeper into this next question, which is you're a very philosophical person. That's mm -hmm. kind of one of the first things that I realized when I met you. So mm -hmm. musical philosophy. With your mm -hmm. background in music production and philosophy, can you share how philosophy influences your music creation process? That's really good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Well, philosophy, philosophy to me, right? It's, it's really lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. And so, I would say, <laughs> give me a second. That's no, a you're great... good, man. Take your time. We need a little bit of space to actu mm -hmm. actualize our thoughts. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Ooh. So I live my life through like, like very philosophically always asking like, why, why these questions, right? And so I think that bleeds into my, my art right? My create my creative process. Um, I think a big part of like my philosophy is like experimentation and failing and mixing things, right? That, that may seem like weird, but you create something new, right? So that definitely does play that bleeds into my creative process all the time. Like, I, I'm definitely genreless, let's just say, right? I like, love that. I love that. Just just to interrupt, like that's a, that's incredible. So I love working with different with different kinds of genres, mm -hmm. and I'm I, I I'm not limiting myself to just one genre because I want to work with other artists too, right? I I think it'd be cool to again. I I am an artist myself, but like I'm also a producer. Like that's really like my skill set. Bread and so, butter. Yeah, the bread and yeah, butter. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I so, think. I sh 
I kind of resonate because when I was doing photography, there was this, I didn't want to niche down into like landscapes, portraits, anything like that street photography. I just wanted to do it all because I didn't want to, I didn't want to be a specialist. I, I hate the idea of being a specialist. And I think <laughs> the future belongs to the generalist. I think all good business owners are generalists in a sense of they understand how every piece is kind of floating around in their business and how, how they can act if necessary, if that makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. great answer. You know, um, being a producer is, I have a couple of producer friends outside of you and they all kind of take that approach. I would say, mm-hmm. I think it's just necessary to understand all different types of music and how they intermingle. And then you can get this one plus one mindset, which I talk about a lot where you're taking things that don't necessarily go together, but then you're finding a path to success with it. It's like, oh, that sounds great. It's like a winter salsa, something like that. It's like, well, exactly. it sounds chaotic. <laughs> so I love that. We'll dive a little deeper into the next one. I've said that like three or four times now. So are there any philosophical concepts outside of what you've already mentioned that have impacted the music you've made recently? Mm. Like really only focusing on what's in your control, right? And then in, when you're making music, I feel like in the end result, it's like mm-hmm. it's subjective, like all art is. Nobody can actually, how do I put this? Nobody can, you can't tell anybody like what to think about it. Mm-hmm. Like then you get these, this feedback, right? And so I feel like there's a lot of, it's a huge feedback loop to do anything creative. And so mm-hmm. how has that kind of structured your music in a way from the opinions of others? I mean, I think I'm still struggling with that truthfully mm-hmm. um, because it, I, I think a lot of people don't realize, a lot of people that don't, you know, create art, yeah. don't realize that it's, art is a very vulnerable like state right regardless of what it is photography painting music it's just very vulnerable right because i don't know you're you're expressing you're expressing yourself and so when you share that with the world and it gets like you know maybe not <laughs> not the the praise that you thought it would mm-hmm. or you, uh, that you know people don't like it i mean it hurts right so um, yeah it does so you would say to limit expectations in the creative process that's exactly where I was going with that because um, that that actually stops stops or limits. You're basically putting a ceiling on that creativity, and so I've I've tried to remove that ceiling. And even if it's very weird or just I end up hating it. I mean, a lot of my projects I end up hating. I'm like, okay, yeah, jazz and dubstep. Mm, I don't know. Let's try this again. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't give up on it, but mm-hmm. I. I might not like that piece, but there's always something good about it or something you learn from it. Like it's not wasted time. Right. And I, I just experimentation is really like big on my creative process because I just want, I think that's how people find their, their unique sound. Right. Just breathing in just things you like. That's why like, if, if you just stick to one genre, I mean, I feel like it's really hard for you to stand out. But when you start listening to rock, you start listening to EDM, you start listening to classical music, you get all these little bits of each genre that you like and you create something new. As someone who doesn't make music, but 
enjoys it. I'm not like a big music fanatic. I do think that there's a use case for it for, you know, decompressing and then focusing. Right. So the one thing when I was growing up that I really just like disliked about a lot of people is they hated certain genres, but loved other genres. And I think that's like, they're like, oh, well, that genre is bad. Right. And so that was such a black and white statement. I think with music, <laughs> yeah. like every single genre of music, as I've gotten older, is mm -hmm. they there's good artists and there's bad artists. So mm -hmm. every genre is its own unique thing. You have to take it at face value rather than just like, oh, like blanket statement, all music or all country music sucks, right? Which some people, <laughs> yeah. that's a very firm belief in our, in our society. <laughs> And then you get I'm not the gonna lie, I used to think that, but I take that back. <laughs> I I like all types of music. I I really do. And everyone's like, oh, well, that's a cop out answer. It's like, no, it's not. It's like there's good. Like my mom, she she hates like any rock music. She despises it. Oh, um, no. So it's just like, and country, obviously. And so I'm like, whoa, 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 like calm down. There's good country music out there and there's really bad country music just how there's like really good rap out there and then there's terrible rap terrible. out there and, <laughs> absolutely and i think rap is definitely like the most polarizing of course like there's some really great lyricists in our generation like you know j cole kendrick lamar um one of my great friends also named alex funny enough i've mentioned mm -hmm. him to you he he writes a lot about how j cole and kendrick and nas and Biggie all kind of like contributed to his journey as a music producer, which he, his name is Alex. He's also a music producer. He was actually on the yeah. podcast. I think it was episode 14. <laughs> Alex is a great guy, though. Um, like most Alex's that I know are great guys. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, I have way too many friends named Alex at this point. It's just been it's like a steady list that's growing. So with music being this is such a so off topic, but with music being so subjective, I think people need to adapt more of a subjective mindset um not just necessarily to the art that they're consuming or creating but to like everything in life and that's kind of like my belief is why i have been changing so much into like you know more more video based content or more uh writing based content rather than just sticking to photography because that's what i was good at and we're mm. only really good at things and i'm sure you, you understand this we only really like things that we're good at but then you have to go through the hump of sucking and being terrible at it. And so yeah. eventually you get out of like beginner hell, as they call it. And you become uh, you become more multidisciplined. Mm -hmm. But it, then it improves the original medium that you were working on, which I just mm -hmm. love. So yeah, absolutely. if you have anything to add, um, I'd love to hear your out. Like you, you did a little bit of cinematography, like you dabbled a bit with your camera. I can see it in the background there. So t tell me a bit how that made you a better musician because i'm sure it did Cin cinematography yeah it did it did actually <laughs> because <laughs> because it's it's opened up a new experimentation and um approach to mm -hmm. music and it's through visuals and basically right music isn't just limited to creating the music itself and right um there's actual people who like it's an actual like career right where where it's there's a whole like scene and and a, a producer has to compose or make a composition that fits that vibe or or, or carries on that story right mm -hmm. and so um i i have a nephew who's studying film and stuff and he's the one that's kind of gotten me into that i love that realm, right? um and i i really enjoy the art of that 
right? I, I, I appreciate it. I see the hard work that goes into oh, it yeah. now, right? And so that's why I was curious about cinematography. Um, but I would say it's just opened up this new perspective of like, use if, if I need inspiration, right? find yourself a photo right i i've done that i i, yeah. I did one of your uh, your photographs yes, absolutely right? and i created a piece just around that because i was like oh what is this story? what is this photo telling me you and reaching you reaching out to me and being like hey like can i use your photo to like gain some inspiration like dude, of course or what was it you wanted to use it in your video i was like dude of course yeah. throw it in there it's mm -hmm. funny to me how like people create things and then they start to if they made a little bit of money off of their creations, there are, they start to get really like fickle with it and they start to be very like gatekeeping. Oh, you have to pay me this much money for licensing. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think rather than just like ask, like I was just like, yeah, go for it. And in the past, like, I think it's all about how you approach other artists. There's like an authenticity, obviously another buzzword floating around on X right now, but there's authenticity <laughs> when you are a creative and you're collaborating with other creatives. Sometimes like people have, when I was doing NFTs back in 2021, people mm -hmm. would like, uh, like download my images, they'd save them. And then they would like edit them and then resend them to me about how they think that it would look better this way. And it was like, Again. it was like, instead <laughs> of like asking if you could edit my photos, uh, you just went ahead and like did it and then sent it to me. And that's kind of, it was like, this would be, your photo would look better with this which mm -hmm. it didn't like I look back at it and I'm like fuck that guy like just for lack of a better <laughs> word like that guy got blocked it was like dude that's like such a that was and like other I was talking to other photographers at the time like some friends and they're like that is a big no that's a big no no like that it's like taking someone's work right and then yeah. like editing the beat a little bit or like throwing in some like like some hi-hats and some snares and be like your right. beat would sound better if it had this and it's yeah. like you you'd probably be the exact same way like fuck that guy like like how <laughs> how dare you but instead of like hey can i sample this and potentially change it into something then there's like space for openness and collaboration yeah. but it, it's it's different right and in the entrepreneurial on money x money twitter right mm -hmm. a lot of times if you want like to get to know someone you just like instantly provide value to them like you go and you create like Oh, there's whatever it is for them and you're like hey like i i wrote like five tweets for you um here you go like just throw there it's weird because mm -hmm. it's the opposite in the creative realm it's like doing that usually leads to like somebody being pissed off mm -hmm. with other entrepreneurs if you're like helping them or giving them like you know free value as it's called through <laughs> constructive criticism products they're just doing free work for them they yeah. are way more inclined to hop on a call with you or even just talk to you about like oh like that, that's awesome like what do you do like you know pitch me on your offer but if you're mm -hmm. creative and you're doing that like it's just it's a red flag like i'm sure you can, you can <laughs> kind of understand that so yeah it is interesting so you're involved in tons of creative outlets right music mm -hmm. writing a little bit of cinematography here and there mm -hmm. how do these different forms of artistic expression intersect in the work you do are there any specific projects where you've combined multiple disciplines like off the top of your head at least i mean i drew it all the time i tried to create things that maybe don't exist that's where innovation comes right yes they, they might they might suck but i think it's just like the more you the more you do it's like there's no way that at least one is gonna hit you know yeah, if you, you just keep doing it you can't be afraid of failure and it's almost like exactly. a data point that you have to collect time and time again 
And so yeah. that's true creativity is just failing, 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 yeah. iterating. Another, Iter yeah. <laughs> yeah, iterating. I like that. Uh, I will say, though, a big intersection that a lot of people don't talk about, um, but it's my approach to, to me. And it's not my unique approach because I learned this through like um, other like more advanced producers sharing their tips on mm -hmm. how to arrange, how to make music, right? So what I've noticed is, right, if you're writing like a newsletter or an essay or whatever writing you're doing, it starts with an idea, right? And then mm -hmm. it's just like this brain dump of ideas that come up, but then you have to narrow it down to what's, what are you really trying to say with this, right? Writing. Yes. From there, you create a skeleton, right? An outline mm -hmm. of what you're going to write about, right? An intro, the topic sentences. And then from that skeleton, you add the meat, right? You write, like, you add more detail to what you're trying to say. And then, of course, there's an editing process of refining the piece of work, right? So that approach is what I do with music now. Like before, I would just, I feel like I would spend a lot of time and I would just be lost in my creative, in my creativity. But with this framework, what I've done is I just, I just brain dump, right? So I experiment. I just put random, like, if I hear the drums first, I'll put that. If I hear a chord progression first, I'll put that, right? And then I just put random stuff. And then I tried to select like, what's really the main idea? What are the main elements to this piece, right? Okay, I like the bass line here. I like the drums. Uh, I think the chord progression here, let me readjust it, right? It's an editing process now. Mm -hmm. And so like, basically the approach that I've done with my writing has kind of bled into my creative workflow. So I've seen kind of that intersection when it comes to um creating like either idea to execution exactly idea okay. to execution perfect see and that that's awesome because i can imagine doing like what what is it ableton or like uh fruity loops like wh whatever it is whatever like every time i see it with from yeah. a friend or something I, i'll look at it and be like that looks incredibly complicated and so I feel like if you're not systemizing it, it's, it just makes no sense. Right. I've had a friend who I worked with directly and he like made a track for me. He like just out of thin air. And I watched him do the whole thing for one of my promos. Mm -hmm. And it was so incredible to watch his creative process and how he took, he went from zero to one in just with one simple little sample of something and then just turned it into comp something completely else. So that awesome. was, that was really insightful, but I've noticed the same thing in my approach to editing which mm -hmm. is exactly the same kind of more structured rather than just going in and editing, like kind of what a, whatever comes to mind. So mm -hmm. more structure is never really a bad thing until mm -hmm. it, it's like a constraint almost and it helps your creativity. But I like that a lot. So mm -hmm. you read about your interest in lifestyle design. I know that you are really passionate about, I think that's what connected us with the, the, the talk of the weekly, the, focusing on the weekly rather than like the daily or the monthly or the yearly. Mm -hmm. How do you incorporate this concept into your creative process and daily life? Are there any specific principles or practices from lifestyle design that have enhanced your productivity or creativity as an artist and entrepreneur? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I dedicate time and energy towards you know, my craft, I, I think it's necessary, even if it's just a little bit some like some days, you know, we, we always throw around like, 
oh, I didn't have time or I'm too busy, right? But I promise you, even 15 to 30 minutes, like that's all you need sometimes, right? Absolutely, um, yeah. And and that, I I, I do try to uh, hop on my, it, it's called a DAW, right? The like Fruit Loops, Ableton, uh, mm-hmm. the software that you create music. Um, it, it's just, that is... Uh, a producer's instrument right a pianist practices every day a bassist practices every day right producer we should practice our instrument every day because mm-hmm. we get uh what is it you get more comfortable with the software right yes and it's part of your craft so i would say dedicating time towards my craft daily is very important to me learning Love that. is another one right just being able to, uh whatever you know, your interests are just dedicating some time to learn something new every day and apply it, right? I'm not big on learning like so much, right? Consuming so yeah. much because I feel like a lot of that doesn't get applied and you end up forgetting a lot of that most of the time. It's an so, overwhelm, dude. It's such an overwhelm and your brain can't process that much information. So I love hearing that. But absolutely. continue continue on. Yeah. Um so craft, learning, and then it kind of ties in with learning, but dedicating some time for, for business. And I think a lot of creatives hate that answer, right? Oh, yeah. They, they skip but, that step. I've skipped that <laughs> step in the past. So, But it's honestly so important to learn just basic principles of business. And, and it's just I think the biggest thing is it gives you the power to have your art, right? Control of your art, mm-hmm. right? Yeah because it's Ooh, really hard one. it's not it's so impossible good. but it's really hard to find people that are going to be in your best interest in terms of like mm-hmm. business like you can go that route of like you just focus on the art and the art the art and someone else takes care of the business side of things like the selling and the marketing yeah so right that, but I, I think it's really bad to do that because then it just gets pushed a direction that you don't necessarily want it to be uh especially once you get well once you get so big i'm sure like you have to right like look at the whole taylor swift tours and stuff like that like that taylor swift was changing like local economies based off of her presence in a town or something like that like you know restaurants were surging hotel occupancy was surging it was just insanity right like shops were experiencing more retail sales Mm because she brought the crowds with her so at that Mm -hmm. scale like yeah you definitely need somebody in your corner but Mm -hmm. i think depending on how you look at it, there are always like, there's always people who are going to take advantage of what you do. There's always people that are there to support you though. And I think that's like the best piece of advice I can give to any creative is you need to be able to trust your gut or fine tune your intuition to realize like your judgment is very important. Even like, even if you're like, oh, I'm not judgmental. Like everybody, we're very judgmental on visual appearances and mm-hmm. uh, warmth. I actually just learned that from a, a friend of mine. Uh, it's about being warm. And that's really, it's really, I wouldn't say rare, but let's say you live in a big city or you live in an area where it's a little hostile than most. Like people aren't saying hi to each other. People are yeah. you're just not even looking your way. And so if you're a warm person, you're going to attract other warm people. And those are typically the people you want on your side to, you know, just align authentically. Like I talk about that a lot. It's just like, you just want to be aligned with your purpose, which is typically the challenge in front of you that you must overcome. And then your passion, which is like just 
what you've been doing for so long and what you want to do every single waking moment of your life. Mm-hmm. And I always say to other creatives as well, and I'm sure you can attest to this. Uh, I see obsession in creativity and musicians are no, they're not spared from this. They're obsessed about their craft, but what yeah. occurs is there's levels of obsession, which take away time from crucial things like the building blocks of your health. And this is always mm-hmm. what my message is, is, Focus on your health so you extend your health span, not just your lifespan, but your health span so you can truly do have more time in your arsenal to actually be autonomous and do the craft you love. Right. If you if you're really old if you're older, like let's say you're in your like early sixties and seventies and your health starts going downhill, that's when like those signs of like, okay, like I live a mortal life. I can't go for a walk anymore which is what i loved or i can't write anymore because it's too harsh on my body or i can't uh you know go out in in the land in the landscapes and take beautiful photographs and so one of the stories that really moved me was there is this older photographer guy i think he was in his 80s and he was running a print shop in my hometown and i would go in there and i would talk to him but he was he got so old and he didn't really take great care of himself he got so old to the point where he couldn't run the computer and he was struggling and the computer would freeze up and hit, like it was just a mess. Like, have you ever seen a desktop that's just a mess? Like, I'm guilty of having a messy desktop. Cleaning it up <laughs> yeah. and organizing it is important because you need systems for uh, systems to handle the chaos. So I went in there and I was just talking with him. And it's like, yeah, I'm like looking to print my work locally rather than, you know, just print it online. I wanted the experience. And I'm looking around and I'm looking at all the incredible photographs. And he's like, yeah, that was taken 20 years ago. He was giving me a walk around of his gallery. That was, you know, that was 30 years ago, 15 years ago. And it's all film. And I just was looking at him and he's, he's like struggling to walk around the shop. And I was like, that, that might be me one day where I can't go out and photograph or be out in nature because go doing a, to go do like a two mile hike is too much. And -hmm. so that's when I started to really was listening to him. He's like, yeah, I haven't been out in a long time. You know, I just, there, I don't really have a lot of, uh, a lot of support, like I'm kind of struggling here, like, but his photographs are incredible. They're going for like $15,000. I don't think monetarily he was really struggling, but he couldn't do what he loved. And so I'm having like this revelation in this print shop and I kept going in and I was helping him out. I was doing uh, just like IT stuff for him just out of nowhere. Cause I was like, y- you don't, you can't like Photoshop this or you can't do this or you don't know how to set up like your own website. Like, let me, let me help you out. Like, let me just, I'll do all the groundwork for you. Like, you know, you, you and he was like so grateful. He printed out a couple of my, like, it was really nice prints, really expensive. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't even know. Like he, he would have usually charged somebody maybe like a couple hundred dollars, like 300, $400 to print it out. Mm-hmm. And he just did it all for free because I was able to just like resonate with him, talk to him about a story, but this, wow. it, it has cemented like your health comes before your craft because yeah. if it doesn't, you're going to, not be able to do your craft as long as you want to and Absolutely. there's never enough time right there's never enough time but this i like that idea that you presented there's always enough time you just need to make time for things that actually matter absolutely went on a rant um, but thanks for listening <laughs> <laughs> no that, that was great bro and I'm, I'm so glad you bring up this topic because i'm big on health as well i actually come from a kinesiology background right really okay i didn't know I that was, yeah i was going in into the fitness field, you know, but I, 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 I was neglecting my creativity, you know, I pivoted mm-hmm. from that, but that doesn't mean like, I'm still super big on health. Super passionate. I, 
yeah, everyone should put their health. But I'll share a little story as well. Yeah. Because even even me, who's like, you know, big on health, sometimes needs reminders too. Because Absolutely. I I I became obsessed with my craft three months ago, right? Like it's like it's like these little like like moments. It's like sprints, right? yeah. 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 Seasons of intensity. That's usually what it is. Yeah, exactly. And but it, I was miserable. Like I I was stuck in this room right here all day, like 12 hours, no sunlight. Like I would just, you know, it was like a gamer's lifestyle, but like with music production. With music. And it and it makes sense. It makes sense. We get obsessed about things, right? And it's all we want to do. I, it's all we can think about. Absolutely. But I, I started um my relation like relationships as in like friends. Like I wasn't mm -hmm. like hanging out with them. I wasn't really talking. I, I mean, truthfully, it was bad. Like were you isolated? I, that's that's what it sounds like. You were just in your room, isolated, huh? you were only doing one thing, one thing on your mind. Absolutely. And and I, I stopped going to the gym, right? For three months. So you, you could only imagine like, oh, yeah. all the progress I, I lost from that. Did you, did you like keep ramming your head into the problems you were facing in music production? Like you just kept running straight into a brick wall and it's just like the frustration starts to embody. Absolutely. And also, I think a lot of creatives struggle with um, perfectionism. And so oh, I yeah. kind of took a step back and realized like, a, a lot of these creatives, right? Maybe it's like, yeah, you're spending more time towards that craft, but is it really like the best use of the time, right? Yeah. Because I sometimes what ends up happening is like, I literally, I didn't need to spend hours trying to find the perfect snare. I just needed a step away, right? Just do I'm something back. else, come back, fresh ears. And it's like, I know what snare to use perfectly, right? Mm -hmm. Or like trying to mix, like you want it to sound perfect, but then there's, it's an actual thing. It's called ear fatigue. Like ear you fatigue. literally, yeah, Dude, you- I you, like, you, I've never you, heard of that. <laughs> you can't, at that point, you can't even hear anymore. Like you're just hearing things like not accurately, right? And so you're basically just mixing, uh, mixing is basically balancing all the instruments to, you know, sound mm. like an overall balanced uh, track. But again, it's like just spending so many hours when in reality, it's like, no, nah, dude, you just needed to step away, go for a walk, maybe go for a hike with your friends, come back, uh, fresh ears, and in 20 minutes, you have a solid like mix, right? That's the synchronicity, so, bro. Like, I know exactly what you're talking about, but like, instead of with like my auditory system, it's with my visual system. It's visual. like, if I stare at something for too long, for too long, I start to think that the image that I'm editing looks bad and it happened exactly. the most with people whenever i was doing client work for weddings elopements dude i would stare at these people's faces for so long like looking like tweak tweak that tweak that the lighting looks bad uh there's this the background is completely like it, it's too it's too dark or something and i was like mm -hmm. to my girlfriend like daisy please come look at this photo like it looks terrible I, like i'm starting to second guess i think we all second guess ourselves in any creative endeavor because yeah. it's almost like the, what is it it's the oh the dunning kruger effect like the better you become at something the less sure you are because you don't know what you don't know what you don't know and so it's like it's like expertise is like i know nothing i i have no idea and so typically that's like those are the types of people i like to really center myself around because it shows it's like a razor it shows that they're really good at what they do Whenever somebody's a little overly confident, it screams. Or if their ego is like really big, 
about the skill that they have. I'm always mm-hmm. kind of like scratching my head, like, ooh, I don't know if I want to work with this person because like it's mm-hmm. human nature to kind of be insecure about what you do. I, I don't think anybody really is not insecure. And that's kind of like this position I've been starting to take is the people that are super confident, right? They're quiet, super really, really quiet. Like they don't it uh it whispers, it doesn't scream. Mm. Insecurities scream. And so it's mm-hmm. it's just a tool. It's just a razor tool that you, you use to go about your everyday life. It's like the same thing with people who are like the happiest, right? Like people who are really mm-hmm. happy. They're they're not like they're not like telling themselves that they're happy or like telling like everyone that they're happy. Right. And so a lot of the, it's like the the law of inverse, right? Everything is like inversion in a weird way. Uh, it's mm-hmm. like whenever I want an outcome to happen, 99% of the time, the outcome does not occur the way I want it to. But if mm-hmm. I don't even think about it, if I'm just like, oh, I don't even care, like it doesn't even matter, then mm-hmm. the outcome is more in my favor because it's I'm more focused on the inputs rather than these outputs, which Absolutely. in every creative endeavor, that is all you can really do is like you can't play like the algorithm is becoming such a huge part of creative processes because now instead of art, it's content. And that's yeah. really detrimental. And I'm sure you, you experienced that. It's like, well, now my art, now my music is content <laughs> rather mm-hmm. than art, which art is supposed to be viewed. It's supposed to be timeless, classic, right? But content is just like, like swallowed <laughs> up. Like Kirby is just like swallowing up an entire, <laughs> you know, and it, it's just, well, you, you get the point. You get the visual that I'm trying to paint. Mm-hmm. It's, it's terrible. And so the transition from conscious or from mindless consumer to conscious consumer is mm-hmm. the best thing you can do in 2024 for the state of your mental health, the state of your art. Mm-hmm. And there's, there, there's so much to be said about this topic. So I'm just going <laughs> to leave it at that. <laughs> Great topic. But let's kind of, let's kind of go uh, deep into your newsletter. Right. Let's talk a little bit about your newsletter because you maintain a newsletter. You, you've been writing a newsletter. This is your focus. How does this medium help you connect with your audience and build a community around your work? Are there any memorable interactions or experiences you've had through your newsletter that have influenced this creative path? Like what got you started? What kind of forced you to keep going with it? And like how how does it drive you intrinsically? That's a great question. So with writing, right? I hated writing like all <laughs> like all my like uh like when I went to school. And it's funny because my mom kind of called this, right? But like I don't know if it was intentional, but you know how moms are, but she's mm-hmm. like, Watch, you're gonna end up being a writer, <laughs> because I would always say, I hate writing. I yeah. hate writing. look at me now, right? But I, I I it does come back to two teachers. So one in high school and one in college mm-hmm. that at least got me curious enough to think about writing differently. I was like, okay, maybe it's not as bad. Like I used to think writing was like only limited to like certain topics. Right. And it never really the, the boring stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it never clicked to me that writing's just just like a tool or a vessel. And it's literally, it's so essential. Like there's so many topics you can talk about. Right. Oh, yeah. So it was just, I was writing about the wrong topics. That that's really what it was. Um, so I would say that that's what I learned in high school. And then in college, um, my college professor helped me find my writing voice and my, just be a little bit more confident in that writing voice. 
because I, I used to be really insecure about my writing. I was like, oh, like, does this sound dumb? Does this sound like elementary school level and stuff? Or like, right? Yeah, um, we all do. We all do. Yeah. But I would say that that kind of started that, right? Um, I especially loved creative writing in that class. And so, um, you know, fast forward a little more. And now writing to me is just a way to you know, all the junk that I have in my head, like all these ideas, this chaos in my head, I need yeah. to dump it somewhere. And so that's what writing and the newsletter has become at this point, just dumping like the best ideas of the week. What you've learned. Yeah. What, what I've learned. learned. And then sharing that with, you know, whoever resonates with it or whoever it can help. Um, Dude, I, and so I think I'm subscribed, but I haven't been getting them. So if you've been publishing mm -hmm. them, I, I'm gonna have to go back and resubscribe on a couple of my emails. But for sure, it, like I relate, man. I recently have been I posted some short form content of like eh, like ten months ago. I started my newsletter after sending pressing the send button forty times because I do weekly newsletters every Saturday. It was like, here's what I learned, and so it was just like I wrote, I, I put my thoughts on the paper and just brain dumped it out. Like, what did I learn? And the one that stood out to me, and like this lesson, I'll I'll take away is um you'll be so slow to understand the true profound effect that your writing has on those who read it. And mm -hmm. it's true because like we kind of, we think about like, obviously everybody talks about the serve your shadow, right? Serve your shadow or, mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. write to your past self. Like, you know, it's mm -hmm. the exact same thing, but when you're serving your shadow, there's a, you, you don't really know in the audience, at least like who's resonating with it. Some people will see it, discard it. Too, much, too many words, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> but some people, if you do it right, and it's the, the aesthetic is, you know, if it's structured well, people are like, wow, this is interesting. You're leading them down. What does Zach think? Or like, what does Alex think? Mm -hmm. And then they start, you know, reading. And they're like, holy shit, I never really thought about that. And I've had a couple moments like that, even with just friends who have been subscribed since day one, right? it was really crazy to see open rates of just like, wow, this person's open. Like I see their name. It's a friend I went to high school with or something. It's like, they've opened wow. every single newsletter since day one and they've watched it just evolve and grow. And so those are the, those are like your true fans. Right. Mm -hmm. And those, are, those are really incredible people to get feedback from. Like, do you like it? Like, have you been learning stuff? And then mm -hmm. they'll tell you something you won't even realize. It's like, Oh yeah. Like uh, I started bettering my life. I started going to the gym. Or I ended up getting a job promotion because I started realizing my worth and it just kind of like whatever the outcome that they get, I'm not going to say it's like all because of like through writing, but like you, you plant seeds and then you watch those seeds grow over time. And That's so awesome. I, I have a friend who uh, she's actually done really well for herself. Like she's been working super hard and I'm so proud of her, but she's read so many of my newsletters and she's just like yeah it helps like there's links oh these link links are really resourceful or these ideas uh, are contributing more to my productivity or i'm not like you know optimizing for my health and i need to be and then some mm -hmm. of my siblings have really gotten probably probably more value than most out of them because you know now they're reading it and That's cool, it's just man. like a content library and i, I think <laughs> instead of like time is precious right we've talked about that mm -hmm. we were discussing that earlier time is so precious and you want it when you're writing a newsletter or anything written word, you can help so many people. But if you're only doing, if you're not writing, all of your ideas are just kind of like in these one-on-one -on -one situations in everyday life and you're not helping that many people. 
And so if mm-hmm. your if your goal is to help as many people as possible, writing writing is like a no brainer. It, it becomes like a, a must do in order to extend your reach, uh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of elevate everyone else else's consciousness above, you know, baseline what it would be without learning these ideas or any sense of learning because learning is the key to growth. <laughs> Getting off yeah. topic here, but these these individuals who you're helping, like then they kind of create this like chain it's like oh like this is what i learned and now you don't even realize who you're helping by helping one person and then they go Mm -hmm. help another person and another person absolutely and so that's like that's really like the the secret that you don't know it's like who Mm -hmm. how far is my reach actually going like if you look at the big creators like uh like imagine like dan co for instance let's use dan co as an example because everyone knows who he is his Mm -hmm. writing started off as like he was uh he was a Photoshop uh, composite guy. He was making these cool Photoshop composites and it was, he was stuck in his room, kind of obsessed like you were. And yeah. then he just started writing. Like I, I remember just like listening to his story and he just starts writing and doing weekly newsletters. He has no idea. Like I, I've taken Dan Coe's principles and all the teachings that I've learned from him. And then I've just like started helping people through that lens, even in like my day-to-day life, like some coworkers, right. Taking his philosophy and so, like, they don't even realize who he is, right? They're maybe a little bit right. older. Right, they don't know who they Yeah. But, like, it's Dan Coe's, like, ideas that he's planted in my head. And now it's, like, helping people Very around wrong. people around the yeah. world. And he's just like, oh, well, these aren't even my readers, but the people are still getting helped. And so effect, bro. it's a thought leader thing. And I, that's it's, it's a very noble goal, in my opinion, to be, like, aspire to become a thought leader, to become mm-hmm. the best version of yourself, to become that high highly intelligent but also like really wise individual rather Mm -hmm. than just like oh i want to be rich it's like yeah if you're chasing money and that's all you want to do in life like you're gonna get it and then you're gonna be really fucking unhappy and Mm -hmm. so it's almost better just to delay like going and doing that like i could go make a lot of money really focusing in on like something stupid like i can go drive truck or i could go like go to school for becoming a pharmacist or just like something that's going to take time but guarantees you know pay at the end of it but then like the problem that i see a lot of people facing who get out of college is one their degree is either you know not too great or it's useless and then they're now they're in debt or two they go do the thing that they have been chasing for like the past six to ten years of their life and it shoots off and they're just like unfulfilled. It's like, oh, now I have to sit here for 40 years of my life and hopefully exactly. this gets better. But chances are it it doesn't. So mm-hmm. there's a story. I'm ranting away. I know this is about you, but I'm ranting. <laughs> <laughs> no, you go, bro. My, I have a, a dear friend, uh, Nick Miller, and his story is so great because it's just like it's so opposite. It's like completely against the herd goes to college uh, and I interviewed him on the podcast. So if you ever want to check that out, it's. He's got lots of great insights. He left his nine to five and he was probably making about $90,000 a year as an aerospace engineer. Really mm-hmm. smart guy. And he's like, no, I left it all to pursue personal branding, the creator economy, because I realized it just wasn't what he wanted at all. And so that's to me, like, that's like my greatest blessing is that I didn't go to college. I didn't go that route because I've learned so much more about myself rather than just like these really specific disciplines and that's that like if you're an accountant that's all you do you're an accountant and so they the traditional path teaches specialization while Mm -hmm. going self-learning path will teach you to become a generalist 
and they clash. They clash 24 <laughs> seven. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Definitely. I'm glad you started a newsletter. I, I really am. That that makes me so happy. I'm going to read it. You know, probably when I get off of this call, we're going to be reading it. But what would you say is, if you had one message to the audience, what is your one message that you would give? Oh, man. there There's some pretty big ones. We talked about health. We talked about <laughs> yeah. crap. But I would say the the biggest message is just allowing curiosity to come again right i think i think that's the saddest thing that i noticed um in in our current society right mm -hmm. that once people finish school right wh whether it's like you know high school college wh whatever whenever they stop right it's like i feel like education has left a bad taste in their mouth and so they just don't even want to learn anymore. Like learning is just like, ugh, right? Because they yes. think tests, exams. But the thing is that that just leaves for a very plateaued life, you know, and no more. I don't know. To me personally, like it's just not living anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Ooh, and I yes. think that's where life comes, right? From being curious, exploring different things that in that moment, they spark curiosity and just just learning and always trying to improve yourself every day right i i think that's like the biggest message i have which is why i went with curious right um it's kind of where i thought you were gonna go with it but yeah i like it i love it a lot my biggest biggest message because i felt very miserable right when i when I was very boxed into this idea of what you're supposed to be like, or mm -hmm. what your life is supposed to be like, what, what a career is supposed to be like, right? No room for creativity or curiosity. But once I broke out of that kind of mentality, right? Everything changed. I just, my, my consciousness, awareness. And it's so, it sounds so cliche to people who haven't experienced it. But then you experience it and it's like, hold, this is the truth. You know, like, <laughs> thank I you mean, for that. Cliches are cliches for a reason, right? Yeah, I mean, they are. They definitely are. They have a place. But mm -hmm. everyone listening, this is Alex Texan Gomero, also known as Curious, the Innovisionary, which I love, by the way. I'm going to probably start using that. <laughs> but sure. uh, I will plug Alex's newsletter, his socials, and uh, if he has some of his music, published I'm, yeah, on spotify yeah, just I'll, I'll plug it all dude he's he's gonna send me all the links you guys can get on you can a uh, experience what an innovisionary is but anyways if you guys enjoyed the show please leave a five-star review on spotify or apple Podcasts. this is a zero cost way of supporting the podcast and what i do uh, we have great guests like alex on every tuesday so please tune in if you want to learn some about creativity productivity uh, health, wellness, stuff like that. You know, we're, we're we talk about anything here. I'm tired, mm -hmm. of, tired of niching down on stuff. But <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. Peace. See ya.